Welcome back to part two with Carrie Wilson, RHN from Nurtured Recovery. In this episode, we dive into weight loss goals versus aesthetic goals. So again, that mindset shift. And we dive in a little bit further on social media and the influence of diet culture that way with um, weight loss versus aesthetic goals and how to lean into some of that and how to push back past some of those hard days when it comes to body image. And then we talk about the, those body transition days. So we really lean into the postpartum side of things. Uh, we talk about the toxicity that is the fitness industry on postpartum women. We're also kind of diving into um, debunking some myths. And it's just a really great empowering conversation, especially if you're having a down body image day, or if you're really feeling like impacted by the quote back to your old body type of toxicity that is around us everywhere. And I want you to know that here is a safe space and this is very much not in that lane. So we're really diving into body transitions. At the end of this episode, I do cut out a section, but Isla actually ended up crawling into my lap for the last little bit of, Isla, my daughter, for the last little bit of this uh, episode. So near the end, we kind of reference that, but I just want you to have some contents, context as you make it that way. So I really hope you enjoy. And again, information for seeing um, Carrie and talking to her further is in the show notes. I was going to do like a whole podcast on this, but when I, I pulled my Instagram and asked for a podcast on like podcast topics, and I had more than one person come back and say, I want a podcast. I want a podcast talking about how, um, like what a weight loss goal versus an aesthetic goal can do to your mindset, like, like shifting away from weight loss and like more than one person, which I like love so heavily because it means that that's where that they're in that space. And I do feel like, just as you said, like, I want to honor the idea because we all have days when we want to shift or change something about us. And I feel like it's more about honoring that thought and just being like, okay, thank you. Goodbye. And then just having hopefully less and less of those thoughts. Um, but they, they come and go and there's nothing that you can really do to change that. You can just kind of honor it and not sit there for too long. So I didn't want to have a space that you would come to and get triggered by. And I don't want people to have sidebar conversations about, their my fitness pal tracking or which I don't even own anymore. Like please delete off of your phone. Um and even I've even stopped using fitness trackers in general, which I get a lot of crap about because I, I don't like them. I'm not a fan. They have a huge purpose and I love their purpose for getting someone motivated. That step goal I, I understand it's hard to track outside of you know, having someone really tell you, but then you just get metric crazy. And then everything you do revolves around a number, whether it's you, oh, I didn't get my, my active, my daily active steps in, or I didn't, you know, reach my active minutes. And again, like in your beginning of your journey, it's a great motivator. If that's, if you see it as a motivation, I think it's a great motivation for a lot of people. But then I also think that people then start to when you need to get rid of it is when you start to shift from being like, okay, like I'm so happy. I'm so proud of myself for reaching my goal to being like, Oh, I just went on my run and you know, I didn't burn as many calories as I thought I would, or I didn't have as many active 
minutes as I thought I did, or I didn't get as many step goals. Like, oh, that doesn't even count. Or like, oh, I, why would I even do this movement? Because I don't have my fitness tracker on. So it doesn't even count. So like now it's, you're just, you're outside of your body. You're not necessarily doing these things for the overall good of your health. You're like trying to win competitions. Again, it, it has its place. And I think depending on where you are with your own relationship with, with food and exercise, it can and have a good place. But I also think just like the scale, it can determine how you feel about yourself. So you're getting up every morning and you're, and you're weighing yourself. You throw it out immediately. It's doing nothing good for you. All it's telling you is how you're going to feel about yourself for the day. It's literally you're going to wake up feeling great and then maybe you step on the scale and for whatever reason it's not what you want it to say whether it's up or down whatever it is and then you're not having a good day anymore and like how outside of your body is that mm-hmm. and how foundation. totally and how it impacts how somebody feeds themselves through the day is like unbelievable taking clients that step on the scale what their food looks like the rest of the day, or they didn't. Like I'll do a harm reduction model, right? Like, okay, let's reduce the amount that you're stepping on the scale instead of like cold turkey. Let's just pull the sucker and smash it, even though that's always what I want them to do. Great. And, it, and, and that's how they, like people start to shift their mindset. And that is the climate that you're fostering within your facility and your messaging that you put out. And I think that's that's what people really... They may come in there like, you know, I want to lose weight and this is what I'm here for, but you're not running the biggest loser. Hate that terminology. You know, all of these, you know, contests and things that would be really triggering. You have different bodies, you have different, you know, types of people in there. And I think that's how we make this change stick for these generations to come. I think, I think so too. Just trying to change, you know, one mind at a time. Um, but not shame because there are also are other reasons that you might need or want to weight loss goal too. If it's for your overall health, I get it. For your joint health, or there are other reasons. It's just if you're chasing a weight loss goal, you will never be happy. That's if right. you're chasing a weight loss goal, <laughs> you will never be happy. And I stand by that because it doesn't matter how much you lose because you'll never be happy because there's always more. There's always something. And that's where this body positivity movement came in. And it has a great place in the sense where it's like, love where you're at now. Like, I love and respect your body where you are now. How you fit in clothes. How do you feel? Buy clothes that fit you now. Don't hold off until you are X, Y, Z. Because it, A, you might not ever get there because of the stress that you are putting on yourself. Because your body's going to be in fight or flight every time you think about putting on clothes that you know aren't going to fit you. And then the stress, that that hormone release and the nervous system going into movement and, and trying to gain, trying to put muscle on, having high cortisol does not help you. All it does is make you double the amount of stress your body's under so you won't see that change. That's right. So, so right. feeling safe in your body is, is not chasing a weight loss goal. Wanting to change your body and wanting to for the good of your health lose weight is, is a different story but if you're constantly waking up every morning and, and all you want to do is see that number decrease there would be no light at the end of that tunnel but if you get up every morning and you're like you know what i really just want to i'm gonna i'm gonna walk to work today and i'm just gonna move more i'm gonna take the stairs instead of the elevator because i just want to move more because you know that your body more is helping move energy around it's helping lower cortisol balancing hormones it's not about anything 
diet culture. It's not about like in and out. It's not about food. It's not about the outward motion of the amount of energy you're spending. It's just that moving your body is just this amazing release. Staying active is an amazing release. So what I like to try to cultivate when it comes to that idea of shifting your weight loss goal into aesthetics is that again, in my lived experience, coming from a, a body that never really changed much, I was never happy. Never happy. I can look back at every photo I was in a bathing suit, super unhappy. Hated the way they looked. Because I was a young girl who 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 could be skinnier, who could be, who could have changed stuff. And I have told my clients this a lot because a lot of them would and would comment on my body in the past and be like, I love XYZ about you. I wish I had XYZ. And I just feel like People think that no, like everyone's going through something. Everyone has something going on in the back end. That's not to get empathy, but just to shed some light on the fact that that even in smaller bodies, they they don't necessarily, or they are not necessarily happy. So when I started to personally shift my goals from being like, I just want to be more tall. I just want to be, and that was that was more aesthetic. That wasn't strength. That was I wanted to look toned, which is increased muscle strength. I wanted to look toned. I wanted to be smaller. I wanted to, you know, I was just never happy. I can look back on photos where, I mean, I look amazing and I'm looking being like, I know that I was unhappy there because it's not about the size. It has nothing to do with the size of my body. It had everything to do with how I felt. And if I had where I am mentally in that body, oh, oh, there would have been no stopping her. But like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a, a shame when you get stuck in the weight loss spiral because mm-hmm. it really determines how you feel about yourself. And then the dark, the dark days are hard days to get out of because again, you're, you're just, com- you're curating this response that your body has. And then the more you stress, the more your body's going to respond in a poor way. So if you can right. shift that mindset and get out of the, I need to ch- I need to change how my body looks in terms of size and numbers and go from getting up in the morning, going to your workout and just trying to get better form or just trying to see how your body's going to respond in this particular way. Maybe I can lift something a little bit heavier today. Maybe I can just show up because I haven't been able to make it to a workout in a week and I just want to get there. Like those are small goals, but those small goals will add up over time absolutely absolutely right get clear clear on your intentions oh sorry to cut you off before you before you do things is get clear on that intention of wired you want to get up and go for a walk okay i want to go for a walk today why well like you said i want to move the energy i know for me when i get really like cranky like getting on the treadmill or going outside or whatever this helps me doing your strength program right hearing you say you know like maybe you can lift a little bit more today like that's a metric i can get behind Versus like, I, I need that number to change. Like it's everything you're saying is bang on, bang yeah, on. I love that. I've always kind of said that um, weight loss or weight fluctuations is a byproduct of whatever it is you're doing. So on, in, in both scales. So whether mm-hmm. you're um, like how you're nourishing your body in all aspects, nourishing your mind, your body through food, through movement, through lifestyle changes, all of those things um, will implicate will will have an impact on how your body reacts overall. But the first thing that you're going to notice when you start to make these shifts into changing your mindset is you're going to be like, "Wow, I have so much more energy than I did yesterday or last week, and I have so much more um, 
and sleeping better. And then when you have more energy and you're sleeping better, your body's going to process things better. It means you're digesting the food that you're eating and you're going to naturally, because you're doing all foods fit now, you're going to naturally crave a balance because you want to fuel your body in a way that's going to feel so nurturing as opposed to restriction, which I, which I still feel like I'm figuring out that boundary versus restriction thing. But I think I've, I think I've figured it out because it's like, I have brought in all the foods that I crave like crazy. Which one is Brookside? And I feel like you used to make fun of me for that because it's like dark chocolate. <laughs> I would never like make my version of chocolate, <laughs> but it was just, I was something about it was, was just like uncontrollable for me. Like if it was in the house, I would just be like eating handfuls. And I did, I brought it in as often as I could until I was literally sick of it. Like I can't bring it in anymore because I, I know how it makes me feel. It would give me digestive issues and I would just feel kind of like bloated afterwards. And I just didn't like how I felt in that. So then I was able to just have a couple instead of like uncontrollable handfuls. Right. Right. I know. So I was just just like keeping me going. I like something sweet in the afternoon, sometimes at night, but like sometimes at like after lunch, I like something sweet. And then, um, but yeah. And then it was just, yeah, just controllable. Um, that's a bad word, but I wasn't, I never felt out of control around it once I just literally had it in the house all the time. So I've only really started with foods that are like triggering for me, not just all foods in general, but if I can um, pause you for one sec, you, you, that's a boundary that you put in with yourself right there versus restriction. Right. Are you going to have some, but I'm, I don't feel like I want to go wild on them. I just want to have a few boundary versus restrictions. Like, well, I'm never, ever having those in the house ever again, because what happens is the next time they come in the house, it's going to feel out of control around them again. Yeah. I'm gonna the whole bag. Yeah. So this, the boundaries versus restriction has been, is a great way. I feel like to approach that. So Anyone else there who's listening who has been either trying to shift or has finally shifted into that like mindset, I've called it strength mindset instead of size mindset. Um, like I like that. Really hard. It's really hard. Strength and size. I like the I like the strength mindset over the size mindset. Yeah, I really like, like that. shift from yeah. that size mindset focus into strength because, and it's not going to be every day, as you said, on the fitness end of things it's very mm-hmm. similar it cannot be an all-in approach it's not going to be every single day you're going to be like oh, i'm amazing i look so good and everything that I, I hope you do but if you don't it's okay because mm-hmm. you're going to have ups and downs and you're going to have those shadowy days and then something else that you said to me is just that those days get less and less hard that that voice gets less and less loud about whatever it is that you're feeling body image wise and bad body image days come and go. I don't think they'll ever, ever go away. Um, especially venturing into body transitions, such as postpartum where your body naturally has to grow and expand. And then you put expectations on it and where those expectations are afterwards can either be detrimental if you, if you aren't in the best mindset for it. Working with postpartum women, I find that's incredibly common theme and a theme that I feel Mm -hmm. like very, very proud of myself for not healing entirely because recoveries. Um, I feel like that's also going to be a constant recovery, but being in a place where I am a couple steps ahead, I feel like in my healing journey with my body, then, uh, post, then some people who are going through postpartum who are feeling that that pull that you get uh, back into old ways, um, mm-hmm. back into that diet culture voice because you're you've shifted, you changed, and 
you know, the idea of your body changing is not okay, according to the rest of the world. So I do know that there's a lot of postpartum women that come into my world looking specifically for weight loss because they're like, all right, it's been six weeks or even it's been 12 weeks and I don't look the same. So this must mean I have to change. And I just want to give permission to all those women to just take up space. And Absolutely. Them, right. And just yeah. focus yeah. on A, that little life that you're curating because they're watching you and they watch mm-hmm. everything you do. And once mm-hmm. they become one to two, you start to realize that really hard and everything starts mm-hmm. to bite you in the butt if you've been saying things or doing things specifically they mimic everything so the way you talk about yourself or hide yourself or respond to their comments Mm -hmm. they're consuming so that's my motivator as I'm still trying to learn how to navigate the food situation but it's just like I just don't think it's worth it it's just not worth it to let that voice take over anymore I just don't give it I don't give it enough space I also don't feel like I have enough time. <laughs> I don't have the mental capacity for it to take over anymore. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. all right, I'm not wearing these pants because they're too tight. Or all my old workout clothes don't fit. Totally fine. I'm going to find new ones that I'm going to feel good in because I don't have time. I don't have space. And it's not worth my energy to give in to that feeling anymore. Because I just yeah. don't have time for that. And, yeah. and let's, I, can I just add in there quickly yeah, that? I want to just remind anyone listening that is in that, you know, postpartum kind of new mom life that diet culture preys on transitions, body transitions. Diet culture is a for-profit machine, multi-billions of dollars. They don't care about your wellness. They care about their pocket. I remember this was a hell of a long time ago, but walking out of the hospital And somebody asking me, did you wear your jeans out of the hospital? And I was like, you know, it was the 90s. And I was like, well, yeah, I did. But like, I was also, you know, a young mama. I was in my 20s. And like, I put my jeans on. I didn't think twice about it. But I remember that being glorified. And now I look back on that and think like, I know at times were different too, but like diet culture preys on, preys on it. So I'll get new moms that come to me and they'll be like, I just want my body back. You know, me, I get a little bit sassy and your body back. Where did it go? Like, is it gone? Did it walk away? Like, it's right there, you know? And that's a big shift, big shift. It's a huge shift. And yeah. um, on that note, the moment you either download uh, an app, an expecting app of any kind, because maybe you found out you're pregnant, you haven't told anyone, the moment you start your Pinterest board of your nursery, and the moment you start looking up, let's say doulas or nutrition on Instagram, diet culture has you. The amount of sponsored ads I got as a new, I'm like, I'm in the fitness, which means all of my interests are fitness. So I got every sponsored ad you could get from the like pregnancy meal plans and like, here's your baby bump workouts and get your body back and all of everything that they could throw at you. I I saw in my feet. So first time around, that was super triggering. I was like, Oh, I have to do everything I can. to like, you know, stay on top of this. I didn't feed into it too much luckily, but it's there. And so you, there is no escaping it because it's, you can't, unless you're not on Instagram or you literally don't look at social media, that'd be amazing, but it's everywhere you look. And because all those ads are curated, you again, they're even in my app, they're even in my baby apps. Like they have like, here's your like workout wow. and meal plans. Yeah. 
And I understand wanting to have somewhat of an education or maybe just a little insight on what may be best for you while you're pregnant. You know, there are some great foods out there that can really help nourish your baby. There are some great things that can do that can help with pregnancy symptoms with food. Absolutely. All I wanted Certainly. to eat in my first trimester was like roll cheese and ketchup. Something, whatever I could dip in ketchup, and I don't even really like ketchup, so I'm not sure what happened in that first trimester. <laughs> Just something, whatever I could even catch up, fries, um, fries, eggs, grilled cheese. That was like one of the dark hot dinner. And I don't, none yeah. of those things. I think that was just in my inner child being like, oh, you're going to eat all this stuff. And I was like, this is great. But like, I was like, who is going to want a first trimester meal plan? I'm like, who are eating all these foods? And like, I could, I couldn't even look at salad. I was disgusted by loose leaf lettuce, which I thought was so funny. Um, but my point being is it, it's really difficult to escape. Um, all of the the diet culture that is literally great word preying on on where you are in in your dark days. They are preying on your right, preying, preying. They're preying on your dark days. Yeah, yeah. they are trying yeah. to manipulate you into thinking that you are no longer worthy or worth anything. What you need to get back to something else. Like you had a baby, but you need to make sure yeah. that you don't that your body doesn't represent that. You need to make sure that you don't look like you had a baby, which is wild and still struggles to this day because I do I still will get comments from people that that will just be like oh my gosh it doesn't even look like you have two kids like what does that mean what do you mean <laughs> no. I don't look like I have two kids like what is that supposed to look yeah. like body I really want to know what you mean and like and then yeah also, thank you but I just like I don't I don't know how to respond to that yeah I could just say if I was like a stronger maybe individual I could be like we don't comment on people's bodies <laughs> I could just say that but I just but it's still it's this it's this praise right of being like oh my goodness yeah. you don't even look like you have to yeah, yeah. if I True. if I can just add there like I encourage people to detox their feeds follow the accounts I know you and I talked about this in the beginning um, if I'll do a little plug for for my business partner she's on a fertility journey herself so her Instagram with Rach, R-A-C-H. Um, and you can also find her through Nurtured Recovery on Instagram. But she is, you know, on this fertility journey from a anti-diet, non-diet, weight-inclusive, haze approach. So find those people that like yourself, right? People that can go into a gym and feel safe and not feel triggered because you're right. Escaping it is, I don't know if we ever will. I think we're getting better, but it's always there. Yeah, and the algorithms know. They know um, once you start downloading these apps and starting like that, they start that timeline. I feel like there's someone out there who's responsible for like doing like the bump workouts, which I do have. I will, but I do have pregnancy friendly workouts, but they come from a space mm-hmm. of being active. There's a lot of benefits from exercising while pregnant. Right. Nothing to do with trying to manage your weight or how your body will carry your baby. That has everything right. to do with what happens to you internally. And preparing for the marathon that is labor and helps with your postpartum physical recovery being your pelvic floor, not um, any other type of physical recovery. But mm-hmm. there are yeah many benefits to that. So it's it's not a plug on that. It's it's the marketing around it. It's the like you need to do this in order to have a fit pregnancy or like. I'm sure maybe though those titles aren't necessarily if you dive into the brands. I don't know that they are also plugging um the toxic way the to- toxic ways you can kind of lead women astray it's just the way you market it says a lot about what you're going to get out of the program too like they intentionally are saying 
those titles to catch your eye because they're still crying on those little dark comments that you have, those things that are happening inside. They are they're crying on that and they'll expose it by using as many catchy whatever words that they can to try to try to reel you in. Um, I think we will leave this on the note of the note of um, body transition outside of postpartum because there's lots of people that experience the same ideas and the same thoughts that come creeping in. Um, whether it's young, um, I like high school athletes. I feel like like athletic women who are, you know, high school stars or coming into their 20s or any point in time where that body transition starts to hit. I feel like the same thoughts are creeping in and the, and the same, you know, worthiness attached to what external validation, what other people have determined is your validation. That's kind of the big thing that I want to talk about um, and kind of end on. Or by end, I mean end this session on because I feel like there's so much more that we could dive into. But just for anyone out there who is on that journey, who's going through these things, a couple maybe words of wisdom and where they can find you if they need a little guidance. Yeah, definitely. I'm so taken in by Isla right now. I'm just so relaxed watching her. Anyway, um, words of wisdom are you're not doing this wrong. If you're trying to intuitive eat on your own, you're not doing it wrong. It takes time. It takes practice. Having somebody there to walk alongside you can be really So don't feel ashamed to reach out for help. I mean, your self-cast can even be one that would champion that, right? Just a little bit of guidance, but you're not doing it wrong. Remember that it is possible that you can become an intuitive eater. We just have to normalize that most of us come with a story about food and our body and food from working in addictions through the mental health and corrections for so long. Food is something we can't go without. We need food to survive. So it's not like, you know, stopping drinking or something else. Like we need to find a new way to change your food. And it's possible. I say that a lot. Keep going. Two words that I always say all the time, everyone that I work with. So nurture recovery is a um, virtual care center for anyone dealing with disordered eating all the way to eating disorder. We work from the ages of 12 plus um, families, parents, spouses, um, individuals. It's myself doing the nutrition counseling and Rachel doing the individual counseling. We work in, in provide wraparound care, less of that siloed care, going to the therapist and going to the nutritionist. So we brought that together. You can find us on Instagram at, at Nurtured Recovery. You can find us on the internet on at nurturedrecovery.ca. I think we might be on threads soon, but I don't know. Didn't even go there yet. You can find us on Facebook at Nurtured Recovery. Uh, email just for any information or if you want to connect is hello at nurturedrecovery.ca. We do free 15-minute connection calls. I really, you know, kind of my thing to wrap it up is in this work, connection and trust are two things that absolutely have to be there. So meet that practitioner if you want to get some help and make sure that they're a fit for you. This is really personal work. So do that with somebody that you feel safe. Amazing. Well, thank you, Carrie. I really appreciate your time. I feel like I'm so excited to go eat some food right now. It doesn't nourish the crap out of my body. I love it. Um, Me too. I just want to, yeah, I want to say thank you for being here with me, for taking time to speak with anyone who is out there listening and speak with myself. And then also for being such a great guiding light out in social media worlds so people can 
find your page and get inspiration from your journey and from Rachel's journey and maybe take a little bit into their own. Um, even if it's just listening to this podcast and opening the idea to there's a better way or another way or a different way of approaching things and then and that you can live a life to its fullest that's free of restriction and all and be whatever version of healthy you think it is but there is so much beauty in it and it's definitely worth the healing especially if you're someone who's becoming a parent because it will all come flooding back in moments you don't want it to and then this is how we break the cycle this is how we break that cycle of generational food trauma and that stuff that we don't want to bring with us and we don't want to pack on we just want right. to let we're, we're changing it that's, that's right, right. Yeah. so yeah, just doing right. our little piece of that but then also if you're choosing to not have children you don't want to have children that's okay but it will help bring peace to you and also be able to enjoy more of life right? yes right? thank you so so much for having me Cass. it's been really cool to actually do a podcast recording with somebody that i've worked with and hear you know watch your journey and hear tidbits back and see the growth in, in your own uh, story. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, and I share and talk about you anytime I can. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. And I'm okay. so proud of myself, but also proud of you too for continuing on your journey. So much love at the end of that episode. Again, I was so thankful to have Kiri on. Thank you for listening to both parts. I hope you'd enjoyed and we'll see you in the next episode.